Hello, and welcome to the Capital Stewards Podcast. Uh, On today's episode, I wanted to dive into rising interest rates and the impact that higher rates have on investment portfolios and on financial planning. It's not just an investment question. It also um, impacts how we think about wealth transfer for our families and for charities and other things that we do. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, The interest rate on the 10-year Treasury has risen from less than 1% in 2020 to almost 5% today. As a result, mortgage rates, as you probably have seen in the uh, media, corporate bond rates, and perhaps the lesser-known IRS 7520 rate, we'll talk about what that is (laughs) more later, all those rates are generational highs. The ability to earn real returns, and that means returns that are in excess of inflation using lower-risk bonds, has been absent in financial markets since the early 2000s. I think we're perhaps at the beginning of another big turn in financial markets. This doesn't mean that rates are sort of going to continue to go higher for forever and we're going to have 10% interest rates and things like that. But just like the great financial crisis in the early 2000s started a decade plus time period of extraordinarily low interest rates, I think the higher rates that we see today represents a generational shift in financial markets. And so that should represent a big shift in how we think about our investment portfolios and our financial plans. We need to be thinking about adjusting our investment allocation between stocks and bonds and real assets. If we're using the same asset allocation today that we were using six years ago, you know, we really need to to think about whether that's still appropriate, whether we need to be taking that much risk. And then likewise, there's a lot of wealth transfer opportunities that didn't exist in a low rate environment um, that exist today. And conversely, some things that we were doing perhaps when interest rates were lower that don't make sense anymore. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, all things higher interest rates, how that should impact our uh, investing and our financial planning. So let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Capital Stewards Podcast. Are you a professional who wants straightforward, trustworthy financial strategies that you can act on? Are you entering your highest income earning years and discovering that your personal finances are becoming too complex? We get it. You're a highly competent professional, but you don't have time to go deep on your personal finances the way you do with your day job. Hi, I'm Brian, and helping professionals make smart financial decisions is my passion. I run a financial advisory practice called the Capital Stewards and work with professionals like you who are trying to cut through the noise every day. It's time to stop Googling every question you have about money and dive into some real professional guidance. So let's get moving. So let's start by discussing how we should be rethinking investments and asset allocation in a higher interest rate world. Since 2009, interest rates have been really low. From uh, 2009 to 2019, the seven-year Treasury yield was just 2.12%. The seven-year bond yield started at 1.87% and it ended the period at 1.83%. So from 2009 to 2019, yields moved up and down a little bit on intermediate treasuries, but capital gains were minimal. You basically just collected your approximately 2% interest payment every year when I mean, you moved on. And so those lower rates, most investors had to earn returns by taking more risk. And that funneled money into places like the stock market, into growth stocks, into private equity, and into venture capital. Private equity funds benefited from being able to borrow at really, really low rates, use a lot of leverage, um, improve companies, and then sell them at, at higher valuations down the road. But they, they really benefited from a low cost of financing while they held Venture capital firms benefited from low interest rates in much the same way. Remember, they're investing a lot of times in tech startups that hope to generate 
profit and cash flow and earnings in 10 to 15 or 20 years as they get really big. When interest rates are really low, those cash flows that are earned in 10, 15, or 20 years from now are still worth something today because the discount rate to bring them back to today's dollars is not that high. But as rates go higher, those really long duration cash flows, those cash flows that don't happen you know, for, for decades even, they're not actually worth very much today. And so you know, venture firms really needed that low discount rate, the low interest rate environment that happened between t- 2009 and 2019 to, to make the investment strategy successful. And higher rates mean that both of those types of strategies are less attractive as we go forward. And because rates were so low, investors needed, I think, to take on outsized sort of risk and equity positions in order to earn the returns that, that were required to meet their goals. Because bonds and money market funds were barely earning returns over inflation, really from 2009 through the, the sort of COVID pandemic. Now that rates have reset higher, though, I think investors can take on less risk by adding bonds to your portfolio, and you can still earn sufficient returns to accomplish your goals. And so whether you're an endowment or a foundation or an individual that's planning for retirement or to pass assets down to your family, a lot of times you're building plans somewhere between you know, 6 and 8% every year that you're trying to earn in returns. Well, that means in a really low interest rate environment like we experienced from 2009 to 2019, you've really got to allocate 70 plus percent of the portfolio to stocks in order to earn 8% returns every year because the bond portion of a portfolio, that lower risk portion of a portfolio, isn't a substantial driver of returns. So if you fast forward to today, the seven-year treasury yields 4.8%. That means if I'm thinking about an 8% target, that means I only need just a little bit more than 3% to reach my 8% annual return target. So that means I can achieve my goals with a much smaller allocation to stocks and other risk assets. We, I put a chart in the companion article that's on our website to this, and you can see in the chart really clearly you know, the, the percentage of stocks that were required to hit that 8% return target from 2009 to 2019, and then the percentage of stocks that are required now, and, and it goes from 74% in stocks and other assets required to hit that 8% target down to 40%, or really 39%, a little less than 40% in stocks that are required to hit that return target. So regardless of the specific benchmarks that you use, right, we did this work using the, the intermediate treasury, the seven-year treasury. You can you can use different bond benchmarks. You can look at it on a total return basis. You can do different things. You can obviously use, you know, instead of using the S&P 500 for stock returns, you can use other stock benchmarks. Regardless of how you sort of make adjustments around the edges, there's going to be a significant reduction in the amount of risk that you have to take in the portfolio in order to hit that same return target going forward. And so that's pretty significant. So when you think about asset allocation in today's environment, you really need to think about do I need to continue to own the percentage of equities, the percentage of private equity, venture capital, all those types of riskier assets in my portfolio in order to achieve my goals? And if not, you know, what other kinds of assets can I own? You know, think about the bond market, uh, money market funds, other things to maybe achieve those goals in a way that is reducing risk. So I think the number one thing for folks to think about as we go through um, a period here of higher interest rates is just what should my asset allocation be? Does it need to change in a time period where rates are much, much higher than they've been over the last 10 years? The second part of this conversation centers around financial planning and wealth transfer opportunities. Because interest rates are higher, um, asset prices 
theoretically are lower. So you might be really optimistic about your real estate or business holdings, and that's great. They may actually still be growing, and they may be worth a ton of money, and that's great. But theoretically, because interest rates are higher, when we think about wealth transfer and estate planning, those assets are going to be worth less today than they were a couple of years ago when rates were lower. And that means that you can transfer those assets. This is the key. That means you can transfer those assets to your heirs at lower values with reduced estate tax implications. So thematically, higher rates mean that you should consider transferring more assets to your heirs more quickly. One way that you can think about doing that is, is something called a qualified personal residence trust. So if you have a lot of real estate, this is something that you should, you should think about. A, a qualified personal residence trust can be used to transfer the ownership of real estate to the next generation while you continue to use the property for your lifetime. The value of the property is discounted using that 75-20 rate. So that's what I was talking about earlier. The 75-20 rate, for those of you that don't know, is just the interest rate that the IRS uses that says, hey, this is the rate that we're going to use for tax and estate planning purposes. So when you start discounting things and using interest rates in your planning, this is the rate that you have to use on those transactions. And it it broadly follows financial markets. And so like treasuries, if the if uh, interest rates rise in the treasury market, that IRS 7520 rate is going to go up as well. And so because that rate is up, that means that the time that you're going to spend in your home is worth more. And that means that the value of the property that you're transferring to your heirs is less. So that means you can transfer more real estate to your heirs at a lower value because we have a higher discount rate in the 75-20 rate. So that's something, if you if you own a lot, this is particularly for folks that own a lot of real estate, particularly real estate that you actually use that's personal, it's not commercial in nature, something you should talk to your advisors about over the next over the next few months while rates are high. The, the other big implication, I think, for planning is something called charitable split interest trusts. Charitable split interest trusts are often used to minimize taxes while transferring assets both to your heirs and to philanthropic organizations. They're called split interest trusts because your heirs receive either the current income and the dividends from the assets. They receive the income that the, the assets in the trust are throwing off every month, or your heirs get the remaining assets at the end of the trust life, but they don't get both. Charity gets the other interest. So the charity either gets that current income or they get the assets in the end of the life. So the interest in the trust, the assets in the trust, the beneficiaries of the trust are split partially between charity and your heirs. And doing that generates a tax deduction. You may have a CLAT or a CRUT, or there's lots of different sort of four-letter acronyms for these, depending on how they're designed. But you may have some of these that you've already used uh, in the past. And during the lower interest rate environment, giving current income to charity and then passing the remaining assets to your heirs was how we maximize that charitable tax deduction. Now, the opposite is true. Giving the current income to your heirs and giving the remainder to charity is how we maximize the charitable tax deduction. So if you're interested in being philanthropic, being generous, giving money both to your heirs and to charities, particularly if you have a taxable estate, if, if you're interested in those kinds of strategies, then reconsidering how you're thinking about split interest trusts in a higher interest rate environment is something that you should be considering. So kind of wrapping all of, of that up, as we think about higher interest rates, it's really important to rethink your investment and your asset allocation. Higher interest rates should drive lower risk in portfolios overall. You should be able to earn more of your return using fixed income and lower risk types of securities. And when we think about financial planning, um, generally speaking, we should be thinking about giving assets 
to our heirs more quickly over time because higher interest rates should mean that our assets are theoretically worth less from an estate tax and planning purpose. So if you haven't spent any time revisiting planning and asset allocation with your advisors over the last you know three or four months as rates have really risen here, now is a really good time to do that as, as we think about heading into the year end uh, of 2023. So if you'd like to talk more about that, obviously we are available to talk about that. You can uh, schedule a conversation with us on our website. We'd be happy to start a conversation with you on any of these topics and help you get the right professional advice, whether it's legal advice or tax advice or whatever you need you know, to implement any of these strategies. We would be happy to have that conversation with you. Also, I wrote an article on this topic, so and there's a lot more charts and graphs and things like that to make this um, a little bit more tangible. So if you'd like to read that, thecapitalstewards.com, then you can go to learn about money and then you can find the article uh, that we wrote on uh, higher interest rates there. So read the article, give us a call if you'd like to have a conversation, and we will talk to you down the road on another episode of the Capital Stewards Podcast. Bye-bye. Commentary provided is for general audiences and educational purposes only. It should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice for your specific situation. That's why you should talk to a professional. Hello. Past performance of market results is no assurance of future performance. All the information on the podcast has been obtained from sources we deem reliable as of the date of this recording, but it's not guaranteed.